Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Oh, we pray that you will honor yourself again in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, blessed Father, in Jesus' most precious name we pray. The Lord. Let's have our seat. God bless us in the name of Jesus. I just wanted to also say something that um, welcome everyone and those joining us for the first time. God will bless you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, one thing I just want to say is that um, some of us might be aware, I know we're not yet fully, um, but I, I know that people from outside are, are using the website. So I just wanted to encourage people also to use it because we get prayer requests via it. And um, we have a prayer a prayer um, group that meets on a daily basis, praying for the church. And if you share your, if you have your, you know, you have options either to remain anonymous or not to be anonymous or if you want to be contacted back or not. So it's just that I just wanted to, because I was speaking to someone yesterday, so that I didn't know that facility was available in the church. But just let us know that it is available and, um, you know, maybe we'll highlight it more for people to, to know. Um, God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, we have been joining along with those who have been doing, who are about to be baptized. And the journey for us is together as a church is different times you know basically you have some who are um, some who are about to be baptized and some who have been baptized but are following uh, we are calling to remember us that journey and reminding ourselves again reminding ourselves again um, so we've been looking at implications of baptism and we've been God, over the last two weeks now we've been looking at the implications of baptism and what is happening at that point in time and we know we were talking about that you know all through scriptures you will see that when the apostles will talk about baptism they always start from the word don't you know or do you, do you reckon yourself what they're saying is that something happened in baptism but most people are not aware about what has happened and one of the one of the most dangerous things that can ever happen to somebody at the war front is what one you don't know what you have but secondly you don't know why you're a target because of what you have do you get on terms so somebody somebody is carrying a deadly weapon they are not aware what they are carrying. So they act like every other person. But the person that is interested in what they are carrying knows what they are carrying. So they just say, ah, what is, why, 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 why is this all, why, what's going on? It is because you are carrying something that you are not aware. Does that make sense? So, you know, God forbid, if somebody wrapped something like cocaine or whatever in somebody's bag, and you see dog chasing you, and be like, ah, what, what is going on? I think it's like, but it is, so, 
it is a, so that's one of the issues that the apostles had when it comes to baptism is that people are not aware about what has happened to them. There are dramatic, not dramatic, there are, there are you know, there are, we share the testimony of, of, you know, of people who are, I don't know if I share it here or at the baptism classes, of testimony of people, of, of things that, you know, when baptism said God washed away our sins, there's a guy, you know, he, he, he lives in this country, you would, you would his own, when he shares his own testimony, he said that God literally washed the devil away from me during baptism. And what happened, now this has been a while ago, of course there has not been much of, um, the, the guy had, I don't know what kind of tattoo he did, it was quite very um, big, but it was so permanent that you, it would, I think he went, so he, want, he gave his life to Christ and wanted to get baptized. And and um, they said to him that, uh, you know, no, he was happy to get baptized in public. But he now said, he now went to a baptism and he saw how people were being baptized. And he saw that when they were baptized, of course, it goes in water, your, your clothes become soaked and you, your body becomes transparent. So he has this big tattoo of the devil at, at his back. So he felt that it was not right that it would be put into the water and people will come out and see the first thing anybody will see is that this tattoo of the of the big devil at the back of at his back so he went he went to see i think i don't know they possibly not really explain but at that time he went on to the nhs to say you know what can we do is there any way that things like that and i think they said it, it, maybe because of the way he was engrafted in his body they had to either use a skin a skin graft to cover it up and things like that so they said you know what it is going to be expensive. Um, and number one, that is you have to wait. And uh, more importantly, NH, you will not be able to do it on NHS. Can you have to get insurance and things like that? So number one, I don't have money. Number two, I don't have time. So he said, okay, this is the way. So he, has, he explained to the pastor, and the pastor said, okay, you know, let's, baptism, baptism. You know, um, people don't, do not have to be there. When the Ethiopian, uh, the Ethiopian, you uh, know, nobody was there, it was only him. So that's not, you, know, you don't have to have people. So he said, okay, that's good. So he bought a pool, something like all oh, this rubber pool, and he said, in his house, and back, at his backyard, and he put water for him to be baptized. So when he wanted to be baptized, so as the pastor baptized him, and as he came out, the mark was gone, totally cleared. So when you say that person I do, I say, no, the devil literally, God washed the devil. That's why he said, God washed the devil away from my body. It is, it is not, this is not, by the time they pulled him out, the mark was gone. So what I'm saying is that there are examples of different things, but it's not everyone that has such an example. That is why the Bible is always concerned about knowing what has happened to you. Because somebody may not have, and we will get there when we, somebody may not have a dramatic experience, but that does not mean something did not happen to them. You know, I baptize people and they've not spoken in tongues before, things like that. We baptize them, we come out, something in tongues. You know, and besides, we will, we will go down, smile, and come out, smile. <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and I used to tell, I, I was saying to them also, you know, when I was baptized, I was just putting water and come out again. <laughs> you know, so it's not so you, so yeah, if you, if you were baptized, man, I came out, man, don't worry, you, you have, yeah, we, are, we are in the same, in the same group. Amen. Amen. So, 
Um, I just wanted to point out, I'm talking about the, the component of faith in this journey, and this will be the, probably the last um, you know, part of the session, the, 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 the component of faith when it comes to this. And one thing I just want to first say is that, you know, the Bible talks about wisdom, and wisdom has, has different, um, a lifestyle, when you go to um, Luke chapter uh, 11, verse 35, the next one, Luke chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus said, yet, no, Jesus said, yet, wisdom is vindicated, is shown right by all our children. So he's saying lifestyle, moral character, good deeds follow her. What he's saying is that when the level of wisdom that a man is exposed to will be demonstrated in the, in the way they live their life. So when you see a person living in a particular way, the issue is that the level of wisdom they are exposed to is what determines the way they see life or the way they act. So, having understood, let's go to James, please. We want to talk. Let's go to James. Um, the Bible says that, now, the Bible was talking about types of wisdom. And the Bible says that there is a particular type of wisdom. It says such wisdom does not, does not come down from heaven, but it is healthy. So, you have a particular type of wisdom that is of the head. And... It is unspiritual. Our transition will tell you it is natural. You know, it is common sense. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is, um, it is a wisdom that is formed by culture. And the Bible says that another type of wisdom is demonic. So you have, you have. You have different, you know, this kind of wisdom. We could go more into. I'm not teaching around wisdom, but but there are different dimensions of wisdom that is available. And you know, um, when there was um, somebody whose wife was, I think, a doctor or um, I think like a white couple, and you know, they were living for a while, and one day he woke up and. He, the guy is also quite senior in pharmaceutical world and things like that. He woke up that he just felt on his around his bed. By the time he woke up, his wife was had already the face had already changed. No, not that the face, but he was she was like she was hungry or things like that. And the guy was like, what's going on? And the woman said, you know, and the woman was basically demonic spirit was speaking to her and said, Give me your life and I will make you whatever you want to become. You know, and what is what is them saying? You have access to some level of wisdom. So there are wisdom in those areas. But the Bible says that for you are, um, he said for you. Now this is this this is the symptom of those. Um, he said you are you are envy um, for you have envy, um, self ambition, and you find disorder and every evil practice. So one of those, the character, when you begin to see the character manifestation of those kind of wisdom, it is always about self. It is always about trying to grab something. It is a wisdom that will end, end, up, end up causing chaos. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So the Bible says that, we say, but a wisdom that comes from heaven 
he says it is first of all pure. So that means that then peace and things like that. So what we are talking about here is that he goes on and says, no, that wisdom produces good fruits. So what we are saying to that is that when a man is open to an access a type of wisdom, it brings them to a level of living a life of purity. It brings them to the level of opening them to a life of, of, of purity. Now, let me hang on to that as I move forward. Then I would link these together. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17 says that consequently faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is, a message is, is heard through the word through the word and things like that. So what we are trying to say here is this. Is that the wisdom you get, which is hearing, the, when the word of God, it builds your faith. It is what your faith is centered on. Now, what is faith? What is faith? The Bible says that now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Another version would say that faith is the title deed. So, basically, what we are saying, how much we have to level or something, it says, it says now faith is the confidence of what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. So, I don't know, does somebody, can somebody um, check the, the um, is it NIV for me, or N NLT, please? Is it NLT and Amplified? Just wanted to just... Faith, no, um, Hebrews 11, one more. And NLT, sorry. NLT amplified. Yes. Faith shows the reality. That's the amplified. Listen, NLT. NLT. Faith shows the reality. Of what we hope for. Of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. God bless you. Yeah. Sorry, you want to take amplified? The amplified thing. Okay. Now faith is the assurance. Yes. The title deed. The title deed. Confirmation. Confirmation. Of things hoped for. Yes. Divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as facts what cannot be God bless you. Faith comprehends by facts. By facts. Sorry, as facts. Fact, sorry. What cannot be experienced by the Amen. So, faith is like do you, if you have a land somewhere and they give you papers, you, you, are, you are not seeing that land physically, but you know you have it. 
Does this make sense? So faith, faith is not believing for something. Faith is you have it already. And we will talk, and there's a reason why we're going part this, this part. There is a process of believing. And there is a part where the Bible did not say faith is hope. Do you know that? He said faith is the confidence in what we hope for. At times people categorize faith as hope. But faith is not hope. Faith is confirmation. It's as if you are expecting an Amazon parcel and they text you to say your delivery is on the way. You are convinced. The way you would do will be different. Why? Because each time you will go to the um, what's it called? To the door. To go and find out uh, what's going on. If you don't get that parcel, you will not say that ah, maybe they did not deliver it or maybe they did not send it. What will you do? You will call the office and say, excuse me, I got an email that said this has been sent. You are not calling them to say, I am not sure, you know, I'm still trying to understand if this thing is, was sent or not. Faith is saying, I know it was sent, but why am I not delivering? Do you get what I'm saying? So, faith is is the confidence, the confidence in what you see. God helps us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going quickly with this on something. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, 1 verse 17 says that this good news tells us that is the gospel tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. So that means in living a particular lifestyle with God, faith is extremely important. So the Bible says that as scripture says, it is true faith that a righteous person has life. What life is talking about? A righteous life. I know it's still a bit scattered everywhere, but please just bear with me as we go on. You know, um, Let's leave, let's leave that in Amplified. Let's just come on, please. The Bible says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, both springing from faith and leading to faith, disclosed in a way that awakens faith in us, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Okay. 
spoken about faith, spoken about righteous, righteousness, living a righteous life. Let's try to begin to bring them together. And you begin to see how we link these together. Now, the disciples of Jesus, Jesus said to them in uh, Luke chapter 17, verse, verse, uh, from verse 3, Jesus said to them that, he said, if, he said, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebook them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you, seven, um, sin against you, um, sin, sin against you seven times a day, and even seven times they come back and say, I repent, you must forgive them. The, the response of the apostles were, Father, increase our faith. Because it takes faith to be able to do, to live a particular life that God has called you to live. Jesus was saying, no, no matter how much they offend you, you must be ready to forgive. And the response the apostle said was, ah, God, <laughs> help my feet. God is saying, you know, that's why we are linking righteousness to faith. Because there are some lifestyle that God will be making demands of you. Except your faith is connected, it will be impossible. So they said that they say here that it says, it says the apostles now said, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Do you know what Jesus said to them? Jesus said, if you have faith as little as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, we have turned that to prayer point. Ah, oh yeah, we okay. Oh yeah, mashi. That was not Jesus was saying. <laughs> Jesus was saying that I know that certain demands everyone is demanding of you looks like a mountain. See, when somebody has offended you to a point, Holy Spirit is saying, forgive. You will know it is mountain. Jesus said, no, it is not. Jesus said, even if you have a sin, a faith as low as it does start in. What is he saying? Is that faith does not hope. Faith already has it. So what he's saying to them, the ability to forgive is already in you. That's what he's saying. That's why he said, see, no matter, it doesn't matter what the size of the heart is, is saying that it is already inside of you. So even if your faith is as little as a mustard seed, you will speak to a mountain and it will respond. Are we linking faith and yeah. That is why Jesus said, it is out of the abundance of the heart. Your mouth to speak. 
basically your reaction is dependent on how you are inside. Now, if your faith is not settled on the truth of what God has said, that's what Jesus said to them. You know, you know, it's interesting. And please don't get me wrong. There are times where the Bible you can apply the Bible to different. But when you are teaching Bible in context, most of our prayer points that we are praying, if I can make God say in everything, ah, okay, kill over fifty Jesus doesn't classify those things as mountains. It is, he understands that living a life he has commanded you to live, if you don't, if faith is not involved, it will be a mountain you cannot, you cannot conquer. It will be so hard for you to, to, to climb over it. So he says that God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Having understood the place of faith, when it comes, when it comes to, to, you know, to our journeys, when we read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24, you now see somebody that uses faith. The Bible says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter, he, and chose to be mistreated among, along with God's people. He would rather enjoy, he would rather, he, he rather, rather than to enjoy the fly and fleeting pleasures of sin. What the Bible says is that what made Moses choose to live a righteous life rather than sin is faith. I understand that the interpretation of faith to us has been to get car, get this, get that. But the teachings of faith, actually, is that you have the ability to walk away from sin. So, he said that, he said, by faith, Moses was able to say, I, I rather suffer with godly people than to live a life of sin. But the problem is that there are, when you read Hebrews 11, there are dimensions of faith. But the most popular one that is taught is the faith to get something. But in that same Hebrews 11, he actually ends it by saying that, you know, faith is the ability to walk away from sin. Now, if I if I ask us that when they, when we teach the scriptures, the book of heroes of faith, the book that teaches faith, if you if you are teaching faith, teaching about faith, and you don't teach that particular chapter of the Bible, you have not really discussed the issue of faith. Do we know that scripture? Amen. Eh? Which 
when you are teaching faith, if you wanted to prepare on faith, you are teaching on faith. What scripture can you not make reference to or be thinking about in that your composition? Hebrews chapter 11. That is the hallmark of faith, even if you read your heading of the Bible. Because it begins to discuss the journey of faith, of all the fathers of faith. That's why you see Abraham being discussed. That's why you see all of them being discussed. So that is like a, um, what's it called? A, a base by which the teachings of faith is normally extracted from. You can talk about teachings of faith, yes, true scriptures, but that is quite key. I'm coming to that for the, saying, you know, pointing out this. Or do we have anybody who bought their Bible from Papa Bookshop, not Abel Beach? Um, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. Not online Bible, Bible Gongo, the actual Bible. What is the ending or subheading on that, Hebrews chapter 11? Nature of faith. Yes, sir. The channels of faith. By faith, we understand. So what I'm trying to say is that it is a topic that the Bible really bases on. And the Bible I, I speaks about it and say, faith, this is what it is. Do we get that point? Now, also I want to point out that the Bible was not written in chapters. Do you write letter in chapter? No. No. Uh, there are some men that I've, I've met. He's a lawyer. When he's writing to his children, <laughs> reference. <laughs> what is this? Are we are we lock court? So that you will not miss that. Um, based on paragraph two. This is my conclusion. <laughs> so you know, we have some parents like we have some people. Baba, a lawyer, Baba. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, because the Bible is not written in chapters, it is, it is split in chapters so that you can understand. Now, so that means that chapter 11, when Paul was writing, he was writing the whole of chapter 11 and he went into chapter 12. Do we get to that point? So, with that's why when you go to chapter 12, let's chapter uh, two slides on back, you know, that's why the Bible says, therefore, What's in that? Because of what I said to you in chapter 11. Nobody starts a conversation by saying, therefore, what do you say? For what? So he said, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, what he said? Those that they spoke about in chapter 11. He says, who by faith has testified the truth and things that they said, in our sense, Strip yourself of any necessary weight and sin that easily or cleverly um, entangles us and let us run the rate of endurance and active perseverance. An active perseverance, persistence, sorry, the, the, the race that is set before us. Now, what he's saying is that after all the faith that you have learned in chapter 11, the response should be that you would be able to live 
a life away from sin. That is the summary of the journey of faith. Unfortunately, our summary of journey of faith now <laughs> is ah, how is hope? <laughs> and God is saying, no, 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 you have missed. That's why he said, that's why Paul said, therefore, after you have seen all those kind of people, your conclusion should be, I have faith to live a particular lifestyle. God grant your grace in the name Amen. of Jesus Christ. Okay. Now the Bible says on, and it says, and now this is where I'm coming to the Baptist. Let's just, um, the, the Bible says that it said, it said okay, the, um, it was, no. Okay, do you not, no, sorry, please, just, um, it was, let's go to the Hebrews, please. God bless you. He said, no, verse 3. He said, just consider, consider and meditate on him. Who, and, um, no, sorry, let's go to the uh, verse 2. Just want to get, verse 2. Hebrews 11, verse 2, okay. Um, okay, I can, okay, God bless you. He said, looking away from distraction and focusing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. For he first, uh, for the first incentive, and things, and let's just go, I'm sorry, I'm reading the Amplified uh, Translation. He said, who, so he's saying that when you are reading about Jesus, when you are focusing on Jesus, he's saying two things is important. As you are trying to walk away from sin, he's saying two things is important. The Bible says that he who set, the, set before him, the endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. What is he saying? The death and resurrection of Christ is what should be your center focus as you build your faith in walking away from sin. The death and the resurrection of Christ. You know, oh, um, there's a song that says, um, um, Jesu ni bado wo badu rafumi, ki ni mabase o kisi shakolo, bamba shi emeji kogo jubulu, eru babi statu, mamu mi shibu. Verse 2 now says, Baye basi fami, eru adure, tabishura ye fero milemo, Jomu gestimani. Now, what does what's he saying? He's saying that either the world is showing you punishment or it is drawing you with pleasure. The thing that will hold you firm is understanding the cross. Does that make sense? Is understanding the cross. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. We are almost done. Amen. Because we want to, I really want us to pray about trying to lay some foundations in prayer. So, how does this come together as we as we look at the question of baptism? In, uh, Romans chapter 6. Bible says, or do you not know? 
that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Or we, we, or we were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the, glo through the glory of the Father, we also may live a new life. What he's saying is that what baptism did was that you, you were the death and the resurrection of Christ. Now, the question now is that once your faith is not centered on that, it will be a challenge for you to walk away from sin. Does my analogy from the beginning, does it, is it making sense? Let's go to verse 10, please. The Bible says, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourself. That means, this part of count means, stir up your faith. Understand what has happened to you. If you don't understand what happened to you at baptism, there will be no faith for you to be able, because faith comes by what you hear. And as you are taught about the implication of baptism, that should stir you up to begin to want to walk away from sin. Does that make sense? He said, he said, in the same way, you are dead to sin and life to God. He now went to verse, said, therefore, do not allow, do not let sin reign over our mother. What is sin will try? But you not make a stand. Not that ah, I will never do this. No. It is your faith has to think. Faith has to be relying on something. Faith cannot be vague. Faith is fed by what you know. That's why the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Ah, I believe that I have faith that I have received this. How? How do you know? Who told you? On what basis is that faith? That's why some people will hold on to something. What you are just doing is that you are just you're excited. <laughs> Faith has a way of you can explain faith scripturally. You understand the basis you are standing on. Somebody was saying, I was, I was, something was happening at the time. We were going to our former church. Then I was talking to someone who's like um, my mentor. We, 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 we talked together. She was saying to me, at this, I said, I said, as she said, at this issue is happening. I said, yes. I said, I said, I'm trying to find a basis for my prayer. I said, I need to go in for weeks. I said, I know what to pray. But what I am trying to find is understanding a scriptural position. Once I can find a scriptural position on that thing, that's the end of it. Because my faith needs to be backed up by something. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, so how does all of this happen when we tie faith to baptism and things like that? When you go to Galatians, one of the problems in Galatians was that the Hebrews were saying that for you to, to be sure that you are a child of Abraham, you have to be circumcised. What is circumcision? 
Circumcision is, of course, we all know circumcision is a physical thing that you see. Something that you can say to people that see, I am being circumcised. It is something that is, you know, provable. So the Jews were saying to the Gentiles, you guys are not, you are not, all these things that you think that you are, you, you are now a new person in Christ. No, because you are not circumcised yet. So the Jews, this issue, Peter also joined them. <laughs> this, this, Galatia is the only place you see the Bible where Peter and Paul clashed. But we are talking about that. What we're saying is that it was so it was something that the Jews were finding it difficult to understand how somebody who is not a Jew can now say that the new person is God. How? Okay, the only way we recognize you is that you are circumcised. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to say is that, and you will see how Paul began to address this issue. Paul started by saying, please, it's not me, the Bible. <laughs> Paul said, you foolish Galatians, I prefer to put it thoughtless. And I love the way I'm praying. Say, you this thoughtless people. What thoughtless means in that way? Ah, it is your bad that would make you speak. I don't know, is that the, I think that's the Yoba translation here. And you're lying, you're on our Galatia. I'm Galatia. Basically, you know, we have found it abuse. What Paul is saying is that you are not thinking well what God has done for you. You have allowed your thoughts, your imagination, to be based on what you can see physically. Because they are telling you that you are not physically circumcised. You now think that, eh, it's true, when they baptize me, I didn't shake. It's true, when they baptize me, nothing happened. Paul said, no, it's, Paul was saying, I said, you foolish Galatians. He now went on to say, who bewitched you? Basically, what he said, that it is witchcraft. To, for a Christian to be taught that they don't have the power that they have. It is, God help us, the highest level of witchcraft going on is not the one that uh, they do he. Those ones are, <laughs> those ones are not witchcraft. Those ones are, those ones are play play. You know, those ones can only hand, hand you out after you are being bewitched. Bewitched is that you don't, you don't understand what you have. So he said, who has bewitched you? He said, before your very eyes, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Where was, they were not there. So how was Christ portrayed to them as crucified? He said clearly portrayed. What does that also mean? Is that, is that, um, what that means also is that it was demonstrated you. So, at what point was Christ demonstrated to the Galatians? If you have said thoughts, he said what they, they were demonstrated. It was at baptism that they were saying, this is how Christ died. 
And as we are raising you up, this is how you rose again. So, when a Christian does not understand what happened to them at baptism, that Christian is bewitched. Because they will be walking as if nothing had happened. And he says that, he says, he says, I, I would like, I would like to learn just one thing from you. <laughs> Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you had? What does that mean? Faith. He now went to say, oh God. He said, are you so foolish? I know what your bachelor's session says, but the modern translation will say, will say, go by. Hallelujah. For those who understand English, sorry. I don't know. See, that's on Yuba. You cannot, cannot, you can't go down. I don't know. I don't know how to put it in English. I don't know what that English is, but, <laughs> you know. Basically, wh why are you this foolish? This is the only part where you see Paul talking about it that Paul would go after people and abuse them. And he says, why well, is so said from the beginning and things are now let's go on to let's go on to the next uh, so let's go to verse 26 of that chapter. Just want to read this quickly before I do. Ina said, So you are all children of God through faith. Because some people were saying, if you are not circumcised, you are not a child of God. In fact, you are not a child of Abraham. So he now said, for all of you were baptized into Christ. So Paul was saying, after you abused them, he said, okay, let me teach you again. So I see you did not understand what had happened. Is that when you were baptized, you were baptized into Christ. You were you clothed yourself with Christ. The, now there are neither Jews nor Gentiles. So even if some people will say that, oh my Christianity, ah, each time since about I was baptized, I used to see heaven all the day. Wonderful for you. God bless you. But if I don't see vision of heaven, I am we are still the same. Because what happens is that what I do is that you know. And the Bible goes on and says that it says there, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave or free. He now went on to say, but he said, if, verse 29, said, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Don't let the Jews come and tell you that because you are not circumcised, you are different from them. What I'm trying, what all we are saying is that. In your journey of baptism, or after being baptized, don't let the devil bewitch you again into thinking that nothing happened in your life when you got baptized. As long as once that faith is established, then you can begin to say, I don't have to do this again because Bayo died when he was baptized is a different person living now. I shared, I shared a testimony with us as, you know, um, there was a man living in Hopnot 
and it's a, a friend living in Upnot. The person was living in London. The one in Upnot was looking for his friend. This was before the days of um, um, Facebook. A way for it to become very, very prominent. He was trying to look for his friend. He couldn't find him. So he, he needed something from his friend. He was not a Christian as such, but his friend was a Christian. So he, they now went to, the, the one of his friends now took him to a sorcerer in the UK, one of the, a sorcerer. And the sorcerer, they said that sorcerer is very on point. So the sorcerer now said, um, the sorcerer now said, oh, your friend you're looking for is living at this place. He gave him the address, he gave him the house, he gave him the color of the house. But, he said, but by the time you get there, they can only tell you that your friend is dead. So if you want to locate him where he's dead, you can ask them, but he was actually buried at this place. This is time, this is the day, day he died, the year he died. So he went to London, came to London, actually not London, and he came in there and went to the house. The very place that man was living there. He knocked the door. It was his friend that came to open the door. So after talking to them, spending a couple of days with him, he said, what I don't understand is that this sorcerer told me that this house, I got it right. Don't know I got it right, but he said you are dead. And he said, you died on this day. Guess what? That was the day he was baptized. Because as far as the spirit realm was concerned, that was the day he died. So he could not be seen because he was dead and somebody, he was actually buried inside Christ. Does that make sense to you? That man never knew anything had happened until when the man brought the news from the sorcerer. Maybe that one had thought, well, we just got baptized, nothing happened. We are just okay. He did not know that something happened on that day. So maybe you've been baptized for years and you did not realize that something actually happened to you on that day. Do you know what this is the point of prayer as we come to the place of prayer. If somebody sends you a packet to your house and it's not in your name, you don't know the person in that address, will you take it? You will tell the postman, excuse me, this person does not live here. The other thing is that if the postman had gone, you would send it back to the sender. Say, maybe you thought that somebody was living here, but excuse me, he wasn't. He's, he's gone. This is the practical implication of it when Paul was going to kill the apostles and Paul was looking for um, what's it called um, the, uh, the, the, the disciples and Jesus appeared and Paul said ah who are you basically I am chasing Peter I am chasing Paul who are you was it wrong for Jesus to appear 
Why did Jesus appear rather than Peter? Because Peter was buried inside of Christ. So when you call Peter, the person that can only respond is Jesus. When you call Peter, the only person that can respond is Jesus. And as we come to the place of prayer also, I pray that God gives you grace to be able to, so that you can see what I'm saying. We are going to be, first of all, dealing with, in the place of prayer, dealing with the issues of image. When man was created, man was created in what? In the image of God. I want you to know that if image of God does not mean that because somebody is tall, somebody is short, that is not what the Bible is saying. Man lost his position, the function of his image was dented. When he submitted to them. That's why the Bible says that those who worship images are going to be like them. Basically, what you are doing is that you are submitting, you are translating your whole image to them. So when a man submits his life to the, to the devil, he, he drops the image of God and he takes on the image of the devil. Now, the Bible calls Jesus something. You know what the Bible calls Jesus? The image of God. So what God is saying is that that image that was first of all created has been tampered with. So I am sending you another image that is the exact image of me. That is why when Jesus was baptized and brought up the angel came and sorry, the, 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 the voice came from heaven and says, this is my son. son. But what he's saying that this is the approved image. So what I'm trying to say to us is this. When a man is being baptized, that's why the Bible will keep saying you are baptized into Jesus. Because you are being, in, you are being, you are, you are being buried into that image. So that when you are rising again, you are rising in the image of God, just like the first Adam was in the image of God. Does this make sense? So when I'm coming to the place of prayer or baptism, when somebody says, ah, they have replaced your image. See, when you were baptized, you were inserted into the image of God. That is why baptism is more is just what Jesus say as soon as they give their life to Christ, go and baptize them. What he's saying is that they are being translated into the image that they lost earlier. Does this make sense to us? And that is one of the places we will start our place of prayer. Is what baptism does, it begins to mold you 
into the image of God. At this, some of us at this moment, you are seeing in the image of your father, image of your mother, image of your character. But when the journey begins, when you are being formed and translated into the image of Christ. Do you know the man that used to say to call animals by name and animals obey him? Adam. The one that was not corrupted. That says that you have put everything under his feet. It's not, this, it's not the Adam that has fallen. It is the one, the original one that was created. And what we are coming to God about is, Father, my image was, I was, I was inserted into the new image. So I cannot be functioning below that image. Anything in my life that is still functioning below that image is wrong. Because when I was baptized, I was brought up as the image of God. Does this make sense to us? Let's come to the place of prayer. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.